Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken out, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I might have been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I cuffed you, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> So the good news today, lads, for Donegal is that Michael Murphy looks like he's not too bad. Uh, Maliki Clerken has said that he was able to do the warm down, which is a really big uh, thing for Donegal. And he did a little bit of stretching afterwards. And he talked to the press um, after the game and after the warm down, he says, hopefully it's not too bad. Just a wee bit of tightening up there. And Declan Bonner then, Johnny Doyle, said that he was fine for the last week to 10 days because there was been some criticism of why he was played at all. I suppose 10 days out, if you're back, you know, taking part in training, you might think you're OK. But he, he says as well that he, he doesn't think he's done any extra damage. The hamstring tightened up. So, look, it's good news. Yeah, good news and good news for Donegal. And I suppose, you know, everyone gets a different picture depending on where you're looking. I, I was certainly sitting at the, thing, the telly yesterday, look, I was saying, 
why did it put him in that position? But again, when you hear the, the detail around it, you say, listen, these people are, are best. Declan Bonner was never going to put him in a situation where he wasn't comfortable. Um, and, you know, Michael Murphy, the, the athlete that he is, he knows the body and knows where he's where he's at and how to push it. Um, and I suppose, you know, hindsight's a great thing and the result, you'd say... Sure, maybe there was no point even putting him into that uh, situation. But listen, they got the result. Hopefully, things are not too bad for them because you know it, it goes without saying. If Donegal are going to do anything this year, he's going to be a big part of it. It was funny. I was watching the game, Aaron uh, Kernan there, and Joanne Cantwell commented on him not moving that freely, and the camera panned to him as they were doing some warm up. And I actually, he actually didn't look like he was moving too freely. But yeah. I just cannot believe. Ten days out, he's okay. These have the best medical, you know, teams now these days. Not like back in 2003, Aaron, when, when I did my hamstring. <laughs> but like, I mean, there is no way they're risking Michael Murphy knowing another game is coming up in two weeks' time. I, I'm just struggling to criticise them for this. No, like, I, I'm fairly certain I'd, I'd agree with Johnny there. Like, the, the, how professional setups are now uh, in terms of your medical team, your physio's not there, like, he would have 100% um, been put to the limits in training this past 10, uh, 10 days. It's not a matter of, you know, just sitting up, resting your hamstring. Um, there's so much work goes in from three or four days after he would have had the niggle. Um, you start your strength and exercises. Uh, you gradually build up the pace that you're running at, the distances that you're covering. Um, and I'm certain that he would have been at a stage where he was joining in full contact over this past 10 days and um, would have been sprinting flat out. Um, and, and I know maybe he might not look like he was moving as freely as um, people might expect uh, in the warm-up, but factor in his age and the mileage too, um, and maybe this takes the, the body a wee bit longer to get going. But in fairness, he cut in off the stand after five minutes and, and kicked the super point off his left foot, um, you know, and he was moving well at that stage. Um, but hopefully it is, it's, it's not even, like even a grade one though, he's gone um, for, for the Derry game and, and he's, a, he's a struggle to be fit for an Ulster semi-final at that stage so hopefully it is only uh, a bit of tightening um, because if it's anything more than that it's a, it's a huge blow for Donegal Yeah, obviously if he did the warm down and the bit of jogging you know there's no tear there it's a tightening which yeah. is you know is an indication that a tightening within two weeks you'd be okay you, the only worry for Donegal Johnny is that he's chasing his tail this whole summer because as we said you look at Mayo's draw Hammered Sligo, Leitrim in two weeks' time. You know, Donegal have a tough one in two weeks' time and then have a really bloody tough one after that and then a really tough one then again after that. Yeah, and that's 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 the, the schedule that you, you sort of in your own head without getting ahead of yourself. And, you know, obviously he's never going to say that Derry's all it's on, on Donegal's mind, but we're going to we're going to look and see, you know, you'd be expecting him to get over that. Um, and he's, he's going to have to just, just mind the body. But... You know, knowing Michael Murphy and and you know the, the way he he operates, you know he's going to do everything that needs to be done. Um, but in saying that, he wants to play every game as well. You know, he's that type of player. Like I'd be listening to lads. You know, you'd ask them how's the hamstring or how's the calf, and they're saying, "Well, the physio said it should be three weeks," and they're nearly watching the clock to make sure yeah. I have thirty seconds left now. You know, this rubbish that goes on, where I'd say he's nearly the opposite. Oh, yeah, it's grand, and sure, the, a bit of adrenaline will kick in, and you know, it feels good. I've done all the work and. You know he pushes himself to be the best he can be all the time on the field. So I suppose you're, he's trying to balance that. But look, he's well experienced. He'll he'll know where the body's at. And you no, know, you'd be hopeful for for Donegal's sake that it is you know just a little bit of a tightening. He was wise enough to say, oh, I feel some little thing here. 
you know, I, I, I put myself out here, we're in a good position. And then, you know, when when um, when you have someone like Jamie Brown to come in and stick a, a ball in the back of the net, you think, you know, there, there's a bit of firepower there as well. So, well, that's the thing. Jamie yeah. Brennan's an ex- Jamie Brennan's an excellent player, and he will be on the, he will be on the starting team. Well, like uh, there's no point in even analysing the twelve steps, um, Aaron. This was a disgraceful decision by Morris Deegan. Like I know he was being tackled, and sometimes we've always said it before: you're riding a tackle. The referee's maybe not watching the steps or whatever, but 12 is just not good enough. And to be fair, Morris Deegan messed up with a mark with McBrearty. He was too slow blowing the whistle. And McBrearty, you know, put the hand up, expected the whistle, didn't hear the whistle, continued on. And then Morris Deegan blew it up, blew it up against him. Like, and, and he blew Michael Murphy in the first half as well for kind of shat, you know, as a full forward, as you want him to do. He's holding his hands out. He's blocking McGovern from coming around him and Morris Deegan blew a free against him. Now, maybe the camera didn't pick it up. But anyways, the Jamie Brennan one was the was by far the worst decision he made out of a few bad decisions from Morris Deegan. Yeah, like, to be fair, he doesn't even play the ball. Um, I know you can say he was being tackled, but at no stage does he bounce the ball or solo it. Um, and, you know, surely the referee would have copped on given how far out he received the ball uh, then to, to break through and score the goal. So uh, Down can feel very hard done by. Um, like a worst case scenario, um, they could have hoped for maybe a, a 21, 25 metre free um, that would have been tapped over the bar. But it's a, it's a call that was very costly at that stage. The game was obviously running away from, from Down a bit at that stage, but uh, that sort of really put it to bed. Um, and to be fair, it's probably not good enough. Um, you, you would expect someone of, of Morris's uh, sort of stature and experience in the game um, to have pulled that one up. Yeah, you definitely would. He didn't get the sending off wrong anyways, uh, Johnny. It was irrelevant at that stage. It was petulant. It was it was nasty. And it's a straight red all day long. Ah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he came in with, a, led to, with an elbow into the, into the side of the head. So, you know, he took the decision out um, the referee's the referee's hands it was just I, I couldn't see anything but a straight a straight red and you know he seemed to be a little bit uh, surprised himself shocked, yeah. it was nearly like it was a John Small what yeah, did I do yeah what did I do and <laughs> your man in a, in a heap on the ground beside him after you know just holding his job yeah, but Langan. yeah it was I uh, know ah, listen there was no complaints and I'm sure Down will have no complaints when they, when they watch the, the replay of it yeah exactly He like I mean he, he left something on Murphy earlier on as well I think it was when Murphy scored that lovely point he came in late on him and it was funny the camera panned to the two of them and Murphy didn't he was just giving him a nice warning you couldn't lip read what Murphy was saying but it was like if you do that again now <laughs> I'd say if you do that again you'll be second <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Murphy Murphy was gone at that stage yeah. Langan was a softer touch maybe, maybe to give that, yeah. give that I think Donegal were impressive in general um, Aaron like I mean they had a good kick passing game when they needed to have it they completely controlled the ball when it, you know you get to the kind of stalemate stage where Down would have a lot of bodies back they didn't, you know, they, their kickouts were good. They were pretty much faultless, I thought, um, Donegal yesterday. Again, it has to put in the context of, you know, a lower level Division 2 opposition. Yeah, but still a very professional job um, done from Donegal. Obviously, they have been scoring very heavily throughout the National League. Um, but I just even felt from seeing their, their team lineup that, uh, on paper, to me, I, ju- I just said straight away, geez, that is their best team. Um, I think whenever they went into the final last year, uh, Oren McFadden Ferry, he was off on, on duty with the Army, was missing. McManaman had hurt the hamstring against Armagh in the semi final. Um, so they were probably down um, a, a few um, a few of their main uh, defenders were 
yesterday um they, they had everybody on board and then you throw in the likes of Oshin Gallen and um obviously Jamie Brennan uh to come on it shows the quality they have in their team yeah no it definitely does I think McFadden Ferry went on Kayla Mooney into midfield and then Morgan came back into the halfback line but Kevin McStay was a dead loss on the co-commentary he tell you none of this at all like I mean I get very frustrated watching a match and I, you'd spend the first 15-20 minutes trying to just watch off camera you know, yeah, is he picking him up? Or and McStay is there looking at it. Yeah, it, Tell it, us, because that was a big rejumble, you know, of Donegal's kind of team. And McFadden Ferry is their go-to man marker, so it would make perfect sense for him to pick up Mooney. Yeah, it, it is. You, you weren't sure. And I suppose with the, the way the game is now, there's so much movement. So, But certain players are, are earmarked to do certain jobs. And, and you know, um, as you rightly point out, um, McFerry, is he's just their, their go-to man for... Um, for Mark but the the big thing I, I and uh, you know we talk a bit about the Kerry game as well the big thing for me with Donegal is to do the simple things so well like you look at McBrearty's goal just the, the weighted pass in over the defence you know you can say maybe you know that it's maybe something that that's rehearsed or whatever but McBrearty coming out and he just double back on himself and just that weighted little pass in you know got away from his man you know, there was another opportunity where where they, they treaded three or four. I'm not sure who got the shot off. Um, it, it just pulled to the left. I think it maybe maybe McGonigal. McGonigal. You know, but they're just so slick with the passes, and um, I think that's the big thing for the top teams. They do the simple things so well, and obviously they're really good footballers. Um, you know, like I thought, I was very impressed with with uh, Niall O'Donnell again. You know, he's he goes around his business very well. He does the simple thing well. He, you know, he he doesn't grab the headlines, but he's a he's a classy player. You know, some of his feeling yesterday, um, it's just linking the play very well and you know I think Donegal are, are, are in a really good place they are, There was some criticism Aaron of their defence right and this kind of stemming from the maybe the Monaghan game and, and things like that and I'm not sure are they weak in defence like it's trying to be portrayed we're talking about Caelan Mooney coming on to a, a, a you know a ball at full speed now there was two two chances in a row um, that, that they had but like Caelan McGonagall or Caelan Mooney is going to is going to get those goal chances against anyone, Dublin included. Yeah, he can. Like he, he is lightning pace. Um, you know, there's very very few uh, players who are going to stick uh, with him in a foot race. The only thing that I, I would say is that um, I suppose there was a, a good freeze frame. That you, you could have took from behind the goals where Neil McGee follows uh, his marker out towards the sideline. Um, where at that stage, for me. The worst his man was going to do was kick a point. Where Mooney at that stage had broken away from McFadden Ferry, you probably would expect someone with Neil's experience to step across again to to, to block the space. Um, also, Ryan McHugh and I think it was Owen Bond Gallagher were in a two-on-one situation just coming in towards the D. Where a wee bit more communication from Bond Gallagher could have told Ryan McHugh, "I have Corey Quinn." you push across again. So there was two men there that could have helped McFadden Ferry in a foot race. Like there's Mooney really was the only person on the field who had the capability of breaking through at, at that pace and not being caught. Um, so it is a situation I'd say they'll probably be disappointed in um, that they didn't sense the danger um, and go to a um, man, obviously with the, the blind and pace that, that Mooney has, like, that was a goal opportunity where I felt they were, too fixated with men that the, the most that they could do was kick a point. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Neil McGee probably, especially there, Johnny. Like, I mean, at this stage, he's not going to score from out in the sideline. Sometimes the, the analysis of 
man on man, mind your own man. That's okay to a certain extent. Yeah. But when your man goes somewhere where he's not dangerous, you then you help somebody else. Yeah, out. You have to, at the end of the day, you've got it. You've got to make sure that that. The, the the area is, is kept where you know nobody's going to get through, um, and and like Aaron says, in fairness to McGee, he's normally very very good in those situations, you know. Where but look, I suppose you've a decision to make. You're pulled out, and maybe from a forward point of view, you know, from me playing in the forward, particularly in the in the at centre half forward, you're thinking, can I pull the centre half back out of the way to make to open it up a bit? And sometimes they come with you, and sometimes they wouldn't, um, and and you know. I think maybe there's a little bit of of um, plot. It should be maybe for the for the um, the down uh, forward in that situation where he just pulls him and out, and all of a sudden then he sees half a yard and, and you know, Mooney doesn't need too many invites to when he's when he's at full pace. Um, but certainly it is something you know. I'm sure Donegal will look at you know their, their, how they got caught out for that for that goal, but it's something they will learn yeah. from. I'm sure. Yeah, a few tweaks I think they need, like Aaron's talking about, rather than oh god they're not very good. You know, defensively. Yeah, but, but maybe it, that's fair enough. Yeah, but and, and I think. I think we are reactive as well. Like you mentioned, the, the five goals against you know you let in five goals. There's a problem with your defence, and that's it. But and that's uh, it for the year. That, yeah, <laughs> it's a tag you have to you know, and um, you're going to have to carry that. But again, I thought defensively yesterday they were they were very sound. Like you know, and Neil McGee is going to get a little bit of stick because of his age. You know, we we think this because he's around so long. Ah, may, you know, maybe he's lost the yard of pace. Now I don't think he has. But again, it's probably a bit lazy on people to think. You know, sure he must be because he's he's there so long. But he put in a, a solid one of his blocks there were, uh, in the second half he just threw the body in front of it as brave as a lion um, stuff you'd expect from, from yeah. Liam McGee you know that's stuff you would expect from the big story from Killarney there's two kind of stories from Killarney Clifford injury I don't want to go too much into this Aaron because I think he's fine I think he's just kind of grimaced after he kicked it wasn't a muscle injury I think it was more maybe a knock from before and he kicked that bloody ball so hard I like the way he celebrates every goal he scores no matter how insignificant this goal is he just celebrates it I think it was precaution Peter Keane gave nothing away. I don't think there's anything to worry about for Kerry fans. Uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. If it was a, a torn quad muscle or something out there, you'd notice it a bit more in him. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't just pull up as, as suddenly or sharply. Um, I'd say probably just a, a sore foot from <laughs> blasting all that hard. That was probably more like it. But, um uh, yeah, again, I suppose just from even a neutral perspective, um, you would hope very best that it's it's nothing to worry about and he'll be fine. Granted, he mightn't be needed in a Munster Championship, but if we want to, to make something out of this All-Ireland and make a proper race out of it, uh, David Clifford obviously is is going to be very important in that regard. Well, that's it, especially when Killian O'Connor is gone, um, which is a bit of a blow for, for anyone who wants to see, and, you know, Dublin challenged. Yeah, and in fairness to Peter Keane, he could have a broken leg and Peter Keane wouldn't give that away because <laughs> he never does. <laughs> no, he's absolutely brutal for it. But like uh, the other big talking point, yeah, Aaron's right. He didn't pull up in any way, no, no, so there's nothing says. wrong. He just stayed running and he grimaced and they were making a big deal out of nothing, I think. I think um, so. The other big one was uh, Sean O'Shea. Like, I didn't see this coming, Johnny. He played in a full forward and, like, I mean... You know, you just see him as the 11 because that's what we've seen him at. And at 14 worked brilliantly. And like, I mean, uh, number one, I didn't see it coming. Number two, you're thinking about it and you're like, OK, he's not the fastest player in the world. He's unbelievably accurate. He had four points inside the first eight minutes. He doesn't really miss in there. And he's not going to suffer from the lack of pace because of the quality of the carry kick passing. They'll always give it to the kind of forward's advantage. And now I'm thinking, Jesus, this with Paddy Clifford, such a good option at 11. He's such a good kick passer off inside and outside of the boot. Jeez, this is a good option now for Kerry. Yeah, it is. And, and you're right. To me, again, is, is the big thing with Kerry is that 
the accuracy of the pass, like the, the pass for the goal was just for for O'Shea's goal was just you know brilliant pass inside, didn't break stride, um, and you know that's a forward dream. But to be honest with you, the way Carrier set up now, and we know we know that Paulie Clifford plays out the bit, that bit deeper, and that suits him. He gets on lots of ball, and and you know he, his kick passing is 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 huge part of his game. But like the next day, and this is the the real for me, this is the real key for Kerry. The next day, Paul Ganey could be full forward. The next, you know, and they can mix it up because they're really good football, and they do the simple thing very well, and they give the ball. To do the right thing every time. There's no, you know, if if the, the the right man, the right pass is made nearly every time, and particularly up front, they just tread it through and make things look so easy. Um, and they put like if it was it was textbook stuff yesterday. And um, to be to make no mistake about it, that is a decent player team. Now they have lost a couple of key players, but I watched them in, against Kildare and Newbridge, and you know, all right, it's maybe a, a different eleven division too, but they're a decent team, and we've seen that they were they were very close to getting um. To, to being promoted, um, so they're not a bad team, and it just it was boys and men at times yesterday, you know, yeah. and, and and that's the the level carrier at. They, they they battled hard. What do you think of O'Shea in uh, in there, Aaron? Again, we don't know if he's going to be there the whole time, but one kind of thing I often notice about O'Shea at eleven is he's back too far altogether, and you know, trying to get back up then to the end of the moves, this nearly makes more sense. Yeah, like uh, to me, I think he's an absolutely sensational footballer. Um, he doesn't get the same plaudits or highlights as the likes of Clifford, but I just think he he's already up there. He will be one of the all-time great carry players as well. Um, he's just a fantastic footballer. Uh, runs that lane so well uh, in the half-forward lane. You can do whatever you want with him. You can man-mark him. Even like two weeks ago, we were watching Conor Myler from the very start, who would be renowned as like one of the fittest players in the throne team been a bit of a torture with him early on but he just keeps going and going and going his thirst to get on the ball make things happen um, but you say then even that inside role the four points uh, in the first eight minutes just set the whole tone for the game um, and he was really direct uh, in everything that he did um, they say he, he was taking the opportunities off both feet my only concern would be and I know Paddy Clifford is um, his deliveries and he got on a lot of ball but I think O'Shea, he's such a smart player that um, his presence around the half-forward lane, I felt, and I don't know whether it was because Claire sort of played a, a lot of a running game, uh, playing the ball through the hands, but I felt the option to kick from defence to um, the half-forward lane wasn't there no. as much, or they didn't take the opportunity as much the other day, and that's something that you know, they really need to get going to. Whether it was just, as you say, Claire's set up um, or whether it was the fact that he was moved to the inside lane, uh, I'm not sure. But I definitely think that's one aspect. If they are going to play him inside, they need to have at least two men in that half-forward lane who are running it um, continuously because it's it's Gainey's, it's not really his game. Uh, he's more of a finisher as well. Um, but that's definitely, if they want to play him inside, that's something they need to work on. Um, and to me, I probably would feel that they definitely need the likes of Paul Murphy back in the half-back lane because he is one person who would kick the ball. Um, the defenders, uh, Brain, Crowley, White, uh, they carried it quite a lot as well. So it's one aspect. Well, I suppose to score as heavily as they did um, and uh, maybe we're being critical of them saying that they didn't have the the kicking game that you would expect from them. Um, it still gives them a wee bit to work on. They, they, that was the thing I noticed about them in the uh, like especially in the first half when it was more of a competition. Claire at least came back into it a little bit. But like, I mean, Sean Collins was playing pretty much full time sweeper, which is normal enough. Like Harry will have to deal with that all the time. 
but they didn't have they didn't get the devastating kick passing game going as well I mean what I mean is in the good ball in and then the running off the shoulder you know those, those kind of really slick old school kind of moves that they're very well known for for whatever reason you know maybe Claire deserve a bit of credit for that maybe they weren't kicking from the halfback line like Aaron says to get it up fast enough you know to maybe have a little bit more space um, that was probably something to it they, they hammered a very good Clare team as you're saying Johnny and I would say like you know probably not as impressive as they were against Tyrone and Galway you know it, hammering better teams Yeah but and, and like Colin Collins is a very astute manager as well he's going to look and see what, are, what is the strength of Kerry and it is going to be that kicking game get the ball as quick as you can into the into the full forward line get Clifford on the ball as much as possible So, and, and they do play play a lot of men behind the ball but again Kerry react to that you know so for me that's the sign of a of a really good team you know let's take them out where we think they're strong and they've another they've another string to their bow and they, they just played the game as 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 they saw it in front of them um because you rightly point out the longer they stay in this championship the longer they go on they're going to meet those um you know blanket defence they're going to meet people trying to snuff out the likes of Clifford and, and um, Sean O'Shea and, and, and they have to deal accordingly so uh, while while it was a you know when you look at the score on it it was a, it was a, a really bad day for, for Clare but you know Clare are, are, are as I say a decent team and I think they deserve a little bit of credit to try to cut out that long kick passing game but again you know when you've, when you've another a string to your bow what do you do like yeah no carry of too many ways um, to hurt you they might have to change their goalkeeper Fitzgibbon jeez um, you'd worry for him Aaron in, in Crow Park against Dublin like I mean this is against Clare in Killarney and he's putting a lot of unforced errors trying to go short and now we're going to talk about short kickouts here in a few minutes we won't concentrate on it two minutes too, too much here now because um, it's, it's doing my head in at this stage now but I don't know Fitzgibbon Shane you'd imagine Shane Ryan is going to come back in there Aaron like he's tried and tested he plays outfield for his club he's comfortable um, you know I, I, I don't want to be too harsh on Fitzgibbon but like if you're making those mistakes goalkeepers just simply cannot make them No he, he looked like his confidence was even taking a bit of a batter and you know he, he just didn't look that assured either but I was like you I was sitting looking at it and I, I just had to assume that they were told, right, regardless, you know, we're going to win the game, but just do not kick the ball out the field. Let's try and work on short kickers. It made no sense to me whatsoever to have David Morn, um, Jeremy O'Connor, um, even if Ganey was floating around a half-forward lane, they can come in and fetch his own ball. I just can't understand why they persisted with going short. Um, and then whenever it wasn't working and it was giving Claire a bit of hope and a bit of momentum, um, it just made no sense to me whatsoever. But um, definitely, I, I think that's another aspect that um, they can definitely improve in. Uh, and they're going to need to um, because even if crowds come back properly to a game, you know, later in the summer, even though it might only be five or 10,000 or whatever it is, they'll be making noise whenever they see a keeper. If they sense any sort of blood at all, um, the pressure is heaped on even more. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it was one area that I, I just couldn't understand the other day. Um, yeah. Why they kept persisting with it. We'll, we'll talk about this here, so, because let's go back and have a think about these kickouts and where these kickouts have evolved from, right? So, Back about as far as maybe 2003, 4, 5, kickouts were still being driven down the middle. You'd have Fergal Byron with leash and he'd have a good big boot on him and it's getting it down there and you've got fetchers. And then Stephen Cluxton changed the game, right? So he started going for, for Shane Ryan and Kieran Whelan on the wings. And then that evolved to um, Paul Flynn and Dear McConnelly on the wings until... 
teams figured this out and started going zonal and blocking off those channels, right? So then as this was all happening and figuring itself out, defensive football came into the mix. So teams started completely dropping off Dublin. Like Dublin started all of this kind of stuff in Cluxton and then they dropped off Dublin because of their dangerous kickouts and because it was very conservative and that's the way that football had changed. So Stephen Cluxton was more than happy just to tap it to a cornerback. So now tapping it to a cornerback came into the game. Why did that come into the game? Because it was guaranteed possession. Why are you kicking it to a contest when there's literally a lad standing there with nobody around him and we're guaranteed possession, right? So now it's gotten to the stage where even if there's pressure on the cornerback, the goalkeeper's looking to give it to him. It's madness. Yeah. It, it makes no sense to me. It defies all logic. So they didn't want to kick it to a contest into midfield. But they're happy to kick it to a contest in your own feckin' full back line and have a lad into an awful state. Like, if you look at the goals now, uh, I don't mind. Dublin can kind of do it. And Cluxon's really accurate and they're very good on the ball and the very top teams have the skill level to sometimes under pressure work that ball out. Sligo don't. They're trying that. Clare don't. They're trying it. Clare had a six foot eight monster in, in midfield and they're trying to go short and getting caught. And you look at down. Now, in fairness, down put most of theirs out. Get it out of there. Don't be getting under pressure. The very first one they went short. Kayla Mooney won it and then got turned over. Loud got caught yesterday as well with it. Loud got caught with one as well. Yeah. Or, or Offaly got caught. Or no, Loud, Loud got, got caught, caught Jeff, yeah. for the Offaly, the yeah. Rory Allen, yeah. the, the Bernard Allen goal. Yeah. So you explain to me, Johnny, why we've gotten to the stage now where teams are putting their backline under severe pressure with their back to goal under pressure. And, and this, is the most, this is the most incredible thing about it. If you look at the, the down goal or the Donegal goal, the Jamie Brennan one, that was from a kick out down one. You look at Aidan O'Shea's first, first goal, that was from a kick out Sligo one, a short one. But sure, what good was it? So the stats will say, right, we lost three long ones. But we lo- we won those. T- we won that short one. You got you conceded a goal because yeah. you actually couldn't. Two passes later, Mayo had you trapped. I just I can't comprehend it because if you're thinking of this logically, you would say as an underdog, we're the less skilled team. We're playing a Kerry or a Dublin or a Mayo who have very aggressive press. Under no circumstances, if they have us on a press, go short. Under none. Yeah. Why are they doing it, Johnny? That's the million dollar question. I I just can't get my head around where you know. And a goalkeeper because he's he's not look at it, it's it's a, a great place and it's a lonely place to play. But I, I think the big thing for me is you know you're not under pressure to mark a man. You're a little bit you're not you're, you're never really out of breath, so you can calmly situate you know read the situation. And it's about reading the game. Like if I'm playing in goals and I'm a bit unsure, I'm going to say from a Kerry point of view, what's my what's my best kick out? It's to float it out there to let David Morn at least contest it. And that's I I've done my job then. You know, if he doesn't win it, there's no one going to be saying, oh, well, gee, what was he doing kicking it to him? He's our best, fi- or, or the far side, uh, O'Connor. Um, and, and you're right, Lisa, particularly against the strong teams, and even though, you know, Kerry Warren playing would get away with it, you know, the high press is going to cause keepers so much, because, and particularly with the rule brought in, they can't give it back to the keeper, which probably get them, you know, give that little bit of a safe option. Now, when you win that ball as a corner back, um, you yeah. got to play it to a, a still team doing and it. it's still doing it and even just on that yes, er, on Saturday night Paul Geeney went in and marked the goalkeeper so even after it went maybe the cornerback someone else that they could never go back there yeah. why are you doing it yeah. Claire You're, they want you to do this get it out get it out and fight for it and, and as I say at least even if you don't win it out there 
to half the length of the field to try to get it back, and back all, in. And, and all your six backs are in position. Whereas the thing about it, Aaron, is when you go for a short one, the whole idea of the short one is there's loads of movement in your in your back line and you're all trying to get free and you're all running everywhere. So if that breaks down, your defenders are not in position. And even if you win the kick out, right, the whole idea of winning that kick out is all the defenders will come from behind and 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 support the man on the ball. And if that breaks down, your whole full back line could be out of position because they've actually tried to support the short kick out. Yeah, like there's so much movement has to go on um, to, to create any pockets of space for it to happen. Um, I'd be very much like yourselves. Uh, I played basically my whole county and club career with Paul Herty, who is well renowned for booming long kickouts well over my head in the half back lane. Um, but I would like to see teams focusing more on their movement out the field um, and creating space or creating, you know, two on ones. Or, worst case scenario, if you're up against better fetchers, put the ball out there and have as many men coming in and crashing break balls uh, and, and making contact out around the middle of the field. Because like you say, one simple turnover on Kayla Mooney and it resulted in a goal um, because of because of the position on the field that it happened in. Um, so for me, I would always be like risk and reward. Um, is it worth our while uh, to try and go short to build the whole way up? Because what you're also doing is by going short, you're still leaving your opponent's with 15 men that you still have to beat you know you still have a whole yeah. field to go ahead and you have a whole um, opposition team to go past as well whereas if, if you at least if you kick it long out to the middle of the field you know you've taken out and especially with the, with these full court presses where teams are putting nearly 8 or 9 players up uh, inside I suppose at least 50 metres anyway the ball goes over them that's 8 or 9 men gone out of the game you know um, and you have far more space on the other end of the field to, to work to um, but for me, there's there's just too many times that you're seeing teams getting turned over, and I suppose Mayo at the weekend, like we're the prime example of it, um, and and that was a big difference, I suppose, in terms of your assessing their game and the Kerry game was the amount of turnovers that they got, um, and and how high they press up the field, like that's one mark difference in comparison to Kerry, um, you know, where Kerry really need to improve in that there if they're going to. The press is high up the field. They have to be getting far more turnover, similar to, to Mayo do. Mayo perfect it. Um, they nail any team uh, trying to come out uh, with short kickouts. They're they're very good at. It. I think from the three thirteen they scored in the first half, two six came from turnovers. Now just on the short kickouts, I'm not saying never do it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always a stage in a game, Johnny, where the other team don't have their press organised, and there will be that cornerback completely free. Yeah. By all means, tap it to him and work it out. But ne- never, I would say to my goalie, if you see them set up. Don't do it. Yeah, no, and but it's, again, it's about reading the game. Like if if I'm playing in the middle of the field and I'm after being beaten for the last three kickouts, I need a break now. You know, put it put it the far side of me. At least I can get across for a break. Um, you know, so reading the situation is, for me is the goal. And let's be honest about it: our two cornerbacks and our fullback, their bread and butter is about defending. You know, when they win the ball, a lot of the time it's a hand pass. You know. Their skill set maybe mightn't be as as high as someone that's playing out because they don't need to do that in in general. Like, yeah, traditionally you know, that's the case. They yeah. are getting better. Well, no, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they're not good football. Don't get me wrong, but for me, it's a point. What's in their head all the time is my man defend and defend. When you're on the half back line, you know you're you're working on that kick and you're working on maybe breaking the gain line to support. Um, where cornerbacks when they get it it's just putting them out of their comfort zone a bit and that's not for any um, 
I'm not saying they're not good footballers, they're really good football, but yeah. it's just not maybe in their in their mindset is, you know, you're giving it to that and so many times you know, you see keepers giving it to the full back in the middle. At least if it's out in the wing, there's still a bit of work to do. And getting turned over. And, like, it's ki- it's killing teams at, at, at uh, you know, so reading the game as a, key- a keeper and saying, listen, I'm not putting my- myself under pressure here. I need to get this out and let them fight for it out there if I feel that, you know, that they're cornerback. And as, as you're rightly, you know, it's not a case of just boom everything out the middle. Um, but a case of saying, right, you know, giving him a break now, and the ball's the far side, and you're you're maybe talking to your cornerback. This and next ball, you've got to get it and, and get it out the field. You know, we're we're managing the game as we see it in front of us. Yeah, yeah, that's the like. I mean, you mentioned the long kick out, um, Aaron. Like, you know, Down didn't have many fetchers. Like, they just don't have fetchers, and that's kind of the the way they 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 are. But Tyrone won all Ireland's with no fetchers. They won three all Ireland's without a without a noted uh, fetcher. And what Tyrone were brilliant at was was breaking ball and flooding the breaking ball area and like bloody diving on those breaking balls like their lives depended on it. And here's the thing with underdogs. I always remember definitely playing with Port Leash or whatever, and it, it, most of them went long. The underdogs would nearly always beat you on breaking ball because they were up for it and they wanted it more. And it was always something we'd talk about, you know, geez, you want to you want to be able to, you know, challenge for those breaking balls and get on them. Because underdogs, breaking ball was the dirty ball that generally the team that wanted it more won. So, for example, Sligo against Mayo. Surely they're up for this. This is a huge game. Get it out long and get in under those breaks with your half forward line like your life depended on it. And is that much better, not a much better tactic then okay, you might not have the fetchers, but sure, any decent midfielder can break can break a ball down. Like I mean, Kevin Hughes can do it on Darrow Shea for God's sake. You know what I mean? No, like that's a perfectly made point in terms of Tyrone because even at that stage, you know, it's not as if that was your your general traditional football where it was you know two midfielders split and going either side and it was a one v one contest. Um, like they were hunting in packs all the time. There was huge numbers uh, around them breaking balls all the time. But like you said, they were coming in at pace. Uh, they, it was a tactic of theirs. They knew exactly what they were doing, but they had the hunger and the desire um, to get in at the foot of Kavna and the McGinley, Colin Holmes, Kevin Hughes, whoever it was. Um, and they still were, were hugely successful. Um, you know, and and that's why I suppose even in terms of the the Sligo one, like um, Tony McIntyre, you know, would have known full well, uh, you know, the, the pressure and press that Mayor were going to put on them. So to go short at any stage uh, was suicidal um, from yeah. from their perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, like I definitely would have to agree in terms of um, if you don't have the big men, all you need is someone who's going up to compete and contest, and and you'll have worked on it well in advance, and um, that you have. The men coming in at pace, uh, whether it's your your half back and maybe a wing half back, centre half back. If it's going to that side of the field, and same with your centre half forward, wing half forward coming down. You have five men. You have one man contesting, and you have four uh, coming in at the foot uh, looking for a break. Uh, and it's it's not overly complicated. You no. know, all it takes is um, you say re- reading the game and then having the desire to win. And in worst case scenario, if you don't get the ball, you don't win the break. You put a bit of contact on. You try and slow the play up. Uh, and maybe allow a few of your own men get back in behind to, to make sure you're well set up defensively. Well, you know all about this, Johnny. Like, you played in midfield for, you know, lots of years uh, for Kildare. Like, is there too much thought in training, do you think, with these teams now and movement for short kickouts and not enough thought put into what we're going to do with a few long ones? Like, for example, Down put a good few long ones out to the stand side and some of them went over the line and I'm wondering why are, why were they going 
to the line like is that a conservative thing that if you lose it you're not maybe going to concede a score as easily I'm not too sure but they all went one side what's your thoughts on this and what's your thoughts on how difficult it is to get maybe two or three long kick out options with two or three fellas or three or four being able to get in around a breaking ball well there's, there's a couple of things for me here, here Colin like you know we talk about Cluxton and, and the way he changed the game um, and I've often watched that, and you mentioned Kieran Whelan, and and you know at maybe at the at the start of the evolution, and and um, you know Shane Ryan, these guys, but Dublin, like with their kick out at that stage, it was down to the like I could never get my head around that how did Paul Flynn know that this was his kick out? How did this lad know it? But it was a case of there was loads of movement, and you had a keeper proficient in taking two or three steps back and putting the ball into that space. And the top keepers, for me, can do that. Like, that are able to just... And, and this is a big thing that... What I... Like, to me, um, a goalkeeper is a free taker. He's the ball at his feet and he's to find the target. And that's that's a simple. So the, the hours that he has to to try to put into that is it, massive. And, and making those... You know, we'll come up with kick-out strategies and, and all that. And then But then you have to... At the end of the day, he's the person with the ball at his feet. He's the guy that makes the, the final decision on what it was to do. So he's got to look at the odds, you know. Is there a pocket of space that I can put into it? Does my cornerback need it at this stage? Are, are you know, have I a, a Dermot Early type figure that he's my go-to man and if he can't catch it, well, sure, what more can I do? And I think that it comes down to being able to deal with those situations under pressure. Um, and I think that's where, where some, some of the goalies, you know, are struggling. And the other thing, and again, you know, from a, from a point of view of, and the, the kick and tease is a major plus in lots of ways, but sometimes I feel, you know, from, from someone that, that does a lot of players kicking, obviously without the tee, the height of the ball is, you know, when when they put it on the tee, I don't think if you look at Cluxton, it's barely the tee is barely barely off the ground, so he can that low trajectory into that space. Um, so these are all different things that control the the the. the, the um, but there can be too much emphasis on on the kick out as well, and, and you rightly point out the likes of Tyrone that said, "Listen, you know, we don't have fetchers. Let's play to our strengths here. What do we have? We have a really aggressive half backs, half forwards." We have an idea of where this ball is going and we're going to fight tooth and nail every time for that ball. And that might be your strong point. But trying to over over analyse it, overthink it, and I think puts keepers under pressure. To me, what's your safe? Where is safe for me? You know, if I if it is a case of look at I'm putting it out there and it's up to them to win it, but this ball to the fu- anywhere in the full back, it wants to be dead cert and you have to make sure that your your full back then have some support because it's costing teams week in, week out. Yeah, it definitely is. It def- it's definitely costing them and I I don't think teams have actually sat down and thought about why are we doing this when they have a press on and when they're under pressure? Why are we doing it? What are we getting from it? Because even if we win it, we could be turned over two passes later and we still have won the kick out. What, what good has that done us? You know, yeah, and, and I'd rather, sometimes against Mayo as a Sligo, it's better to lose a long kick out than win a short one. Absolutely. Because like, I mean, you're going to be, look, look at Aidan O'Shea's two goals. Like, it's madness. Anyways, lads, you could talk about this um, all day. I want to move on to Offaly, um, Aaron, because like, I mean, I was delighted for Offaly, really, because, you know, they, they played that league final and it's weird, it's a head-scratcher, because usually if we were told last Thursday analysing this game, we're going, this game's going to go to extra time, you go, ah, loud. Uh, look, Offaly be out on their feet at that stage. Loud were nice and fresh, they didn't play a league final. And here's Offaly beat them 2-4 to a point at extra time. Explain that one to me. 
Yeah, like you were saying, uh, what way is this game going to go? And the, the preview chat last week, and you're saying hindsight will be a wonderful thing. Like my my opinion was, I think Offaly were right to play the, the league final. Um, but I suppose how flat their performance was and the manner in which they were bet, um, I had loud as as my favourites. Um, I would have expected them to to turn them over. And then you said the fact then that it, it even I know Sam Murray. Uh, was the one who who drew it level, but even th- that's deflating for awfully, you know, where they thought they'd just done enough, they end up drawing, um, but they still have it within them to come back again, and you say to comprehensively uh, win it outright, um, kicking 2-4 to only a point in extra time, you have to say a full credit to them, because mentally or, or psychologically uh, was probably the biggest issue that John Mahon would have had, you know, in terms of helping them to recover um, from from the, the league final defeat. So full credit to them. Um, absolutely brilliant win for them. And, you know, it. Um, I suppose we were sort of wondering, did John really mean it uh, whenever he said he was just glad to get the run out and he had no regrets whatsoever? But uh, there you go. Um, he, he managed to, to, to work a trick at this one um, and, and get one over Lowe's. Yeah, now Lady Luck was shining down and then Mulroy missed one to win it. Um, their three goals were all, let's call them fluky, yeah. if, if if we're being honest. But at the same time, you look at Offaly, right? So they have the worst record in Leinster over the last 10 years. Only two wins, Johnny. Two wins. Yeah. Get beaten by 12 points in the league final. You know, the whole week, you'd be trying to push it out of your head, did we make a mistake? You know, you know, all the loud didn't play. And then to go to extra time and to beat them well in extra time. Like, I mean, it shows a lot of character from them, if, if we're being honest. Yeah, it does. It, it, it definitely does. And, and um, you know, they did play some, some really good football uh, yesterday. I watched, I watched a bit of it on, on, the, on the player and, you know, they did some really good stuff. And then, obviously, the ageless uh, Niall McNamee, we'll, we'll probably talk about him. Um, but, you know, in fairness to them, you know, they could have been the stick to beat them with this week. The fact that they played that league final, where were they going? You know, the confidence would have been low because they did get, uh, take a, take a bit of a beating against against Derry. But you know, they deserve huge credit. They'll, they'll take a lot out of that, and um, they have the momentum. You know, going into the Kildare match, and I'm just hoping they picked up a couple of knocks and niggles. <laughs> um, but look at that'll stand to them. That'll galvanise, and you know, the message that the you know, listen to, to John Mahon, everything, you know, he mentioned every, every awfully player from, from, uh, that ever played the game nearly afterwards, you know, that it was a real awfully, and you, you can sense it from, you know, there's a real coming together of awfully both hurling and football at the moment and there, there's a lot of good work going down there and, Certainly, the, the the graph is on on the on the way up, and, and they'll take a lot a lot of um, they'll take a lot of credit for from yesterday. It'll it'll bring them on going into the clear match. Yeah, it definitely will. They, like I mean, that was the best game of the weekend. I, I, there was this usual conversation, Aaron, coming up about the provincials and Mayo hammered Sligo as if that was a surprise, and Kerry hammered Clare as if that was a surprise, and Donegal hammered down. We said last Thursday, if they don't, then you know they need to be making a statement. Like everybody has to realize that I've complained about these provincials for the last 10 years. Now, at this year's special congress, there's going to be a decision made on next year's championship. Why is a debate about the provincial championships happening now, Aaron, when neither of the new proposals that are probably going to be voted through have them linked into the All-Ireland series? And it's like it's like a conversation. Thomas O'Shea had it in RTE. Paddy Talley's talking about it after the game, hoping the GA sits down. Uh, it needs to change. Is it Paddy maybe doesn't know about this going to special congress? Or you know, I don't know. I saw a lot of it on social media after after the two games on Saturday. And like, why is it still going on when we're literally months away from the change that we've all been looking for? 
Yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense because there was so much work going into um, this review and, and uh, changing the calendar and competition structure. Um, so, again, it's it's a conversation that just comes up continuously uh, year after year. And I suppose I was fortunate enough that I spent uh, my time playing Arma in Division 1 and Division 2. Um, I would like to see them personally being done away with. Um, I, I like the idea of the, the two-tier championship. Um, because I think it gives teams realistic opportunities to build some sort of momentum. Um, but to throw this back in again, whenever everything, obviously, well, it was supposed to start fresh this year. Obviously, uh, COVID has, has uh, scuppered that in terms of the, the Talton Cup and uh, Sam Maguire. But um, I, I can't understand why we're going back over another review process again uh, whenever it looked like a new format had already been set. Yeah, I don't think we're actually going through a new... I don't think enough people realise that this is changing and they just want to give out and it's yeah. easy to give out. And <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way it works. I'm going to move on from that because we're, we're running out of time. Wexford beat Wicklow. They need a shout-out. Their first win in seven years, so they must have been second awfully for the worst record in the last <laughs> ten years. Uh, Shane Roach was playing the last time they won. Well, obviously, Shane Roach... Uh, played in the forwards for Wexford and also played in the goals at the end um, he got converted he said at halftime I said to the lads don't be afraid to lose it uh, we lost to Waterford we lost to Carlo um, we lost many times in Leinster uh, throw off the shackles and let's go and win it and I, I don't know I, I've never in my head ever been on a, on, a, on a field afraid to lose it yeah, well, look, I suppose, you know, you can read a lot into these after-match quotes from different people. Um, you know, when you win, it's all inspirational stuff. You know, I read somewhere where Dahi Waters sort of got to, got into the middle of it and, and, and talked about the, the importance of this win and all that. And it's great. And, you know, it is when you're when you're there for them, you know, 15, 20 minutes after the game, it's, you know, but when you look back at it, it's, it's nearly just something to say, really. Um, yeah. But it was a good win for Wexford. Um, Wicklow beat them twice last year and I know I, I was, I think Wicklow were, were hampered with injuries and they lost, um, they lost two or three that would, you know, of their panel to the 20s because obviously with Wicklow, if you're, they play with the age, they're, they're eligible to play. So I think they did a, a small enough panel to pick from yesterday. Um, you know, and Davy Burke will be, he'll be disappointed with that. But again, it's what's coming down the road and, you know, whether you, 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 you know, they'll be disappointed. But if you were going against Dublin next week, how, how bitter would the, the, the thoughts of that come? And so, listen, you, of course you do want to win. It's, it's a great win for, for Wexford, but you would be worried for them. Oh, yeah, you'd be worried for them. I think Shane Roach had the quote of the weekend. Yeah. He says, uh, we'll show Dublin the respect that they deserve. They're good lads. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with performance of the weekend. All right, so performance of the weekend and the first uh, nomination has to be Ryan McHugh. Um, my God, he was outstanding yesterday. When he's in that kind of form, like, I mean, he's just unmarkable. Uh, this is four from play. Um, four from play came off the outside of the right, the inside of the right curler, the left on the run, um, and he missed two as well. So you're looking at a wing back getting six. He could have missed three, but getting six, seven shots off. Like, I mean, he was just unmarkable. And young Carr that was marking him, you know, he just, he didn't know whether he was coming or going, really. Uh, yeah, he's a tough, it's a tough position to be in. It's a bit like Mark and Aaron Kernan, you know, tearing up the field. And you're wondering who's, <laughs> who's the back and who's the forward here. Uh, but he was phenomenal yesterday, really was. And, you know, he, he, he's just the engine when he's, when he's in that type of form. You know, he was just relentless every time he was looking to get on the ball drive forward um and and some of his some of his scores were were, were right out of the top drawer you know kicked from from distance um and it just you know 
like he's a he's a long time on it, but he's just such a leader. When he goes well, you know, obviously Michael Murphy pulls the whole lot together, but he's such a vital part of that team. Um, you know, it's, as I say, he, he's he's able to link the defence with attack, but then you know he just keeps going all the time. And even when he gives that ball, he's coming like a hair after it to see, do you know what? I'll be an option here, and and his fitness levels are, are phenomenal. You'd love to see the, the GPS stats. What what's he actually covering, or you know, in a game because he just he, he was non-stop yesterday. And, you know, he put in a massive performance yeah he, he just doesn't tire at all Aaron I actually thought he might have been moved over onto O'Hagan who was giving Ban Gallagher a terrible roasting altogether yeah to be fair to Ryan once he's he's in that sort of form it's just it's like the Joel saying he's, just, he's in the zone um, his energy levels don't dip um, but the one thing for me is uh, for a, a smaller and stature man his, his kicking and his ability to kick from points from distance as well uh, is top class. His skill levels are just so high, um, but he's obviously a completely different stature to Murphy. But the two of them are are they are the key men for Donegal. They make Donegal tick. If they're playing well, Donegal are hard bet. Um, and to be fair, he he probably hadn't been he hadn't his greatest league. No. Um, like even the Armagh game. Um, now Jamar Hall did a good job in him. Um, he, he was well marshaled, but he just didn't seem to have the the same energy levels. Um, you know, even at times where like yesterday, it was boys trying to check him, you know, but he just kept going and going. Where you know, I suppose maybe that's that's a difference in mindset from from league to championship. I just noticed a few times in the RMI game, his, his run was checked and he just stopped and let it go at that. But um, yesterday he meant business, and you know he's a great sight whenever he's in full flight. He's a really enjoyable player to watch. Ah, uh, he is. He's fantastic, and his club mate Paddy McBrearty was outstanding as well. Max Day was mentioning in the Cocom that Paddy McBrearty didn't have a great league or he was rusty or something. Uh, my memory, McBrearty had an outstanding league. Like, I mean, he was scoring heavily. He's again yesterday coming on the loop, scoring those points, also scoring points which are kicked into him. Like, he's all left. We know that, but it doesn't seem to bother him. Scored a lovely goal where he doubled back. Okay, and we're seeing that move. Like, we talked about this on the show loads of times. The old run towards the man and then double back. And those runs are being found a lot more now and the finish was beautiful so like I mean McBrearty's in the form of his life from, from my yeah, point he's, of view Yeah he's, he's, he's phenomenal I mean and like you know he is very much left footed but again it's so hard to close him down um, but he's so strong as well like he's you just look at the legs on him his upper body is so and it's not you know it's not a muscle thing it's just natural strength and some people just have that natural strength you know you'd um, I don't know whether it's just probably in his makeup or whatever, but he he's so hard dispossessed, and he's you know he's coming onto that, and and again he's so accurate, um, kick from distance, accurate in around the goals, and uh, again he's I think he's 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 been phenomenal, um, you know, just half a chance, and you think this is going over the bar, and and if you're going to win anything, you need two or three forwards at top of their game, and he certainly not only in Donegal in the country at the moment he's one of the top top forwards Who's the best man in the game at the moment Aaron to come on the loop Dean Rock or Paddy McBrearty or can you think of any of anyone else To, to be fair those two boys have it mastered like the amount of times you see McBrearty and he's just backing towards the sideline and you're you're just saying in your head like right he's coming in off this wing he's coming off the, the man has to have and next thing bang comes like a like a bolt straight in off the wing, takes his four or five steps and, and gets the shot away. And it, it just looks so obvious whenever you see, yeah. like you all see Ray McHugh doing it. He's coming up the wing at pace. Um, you think the two of them are in Kilcar pitch here, just playing around with themselves because it, it's so obvious what's going to happen yet. 
very few people seem to be able to stop it. Um, but uh, I suppose it's it's just it's craft, and that's why him and Dean Rock um, are, are so good at it. And t- to be fair, for inside forwards, it, it really is something that I think a lot more inside forwards should be looking at him because especially whenever things are as congested, for those boys to be able to just time to run, uh, to see the pocket of space that they're breaking into and then to have the ability to execute uh, their shot off. It's it's top class and the amount of, I won't say they're easy scores, you know, because there's probably no such thing at, at inter-county level, but your your bread and butter scores that the two of them can manufacture, um, it's it really is, that's your top class inside forward movement and, and execution and the two of them are the top men at the moment. That, that's the thing. And like, I mean, any young footballer who goes to see Paddy McBurdy just watch him watch the movement that he makes I, 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 I kind of agree with you I know you're kind of joking they're the handiest scores you'll ever get if you're, not, if you're a very accurate corner forward and you want to play inter-county level right you need to develop this because if you want to stay inside and play a traditional way, you'll be told you're not fast enough and yeah. you, you won't win those balls. But if you're McBride, McBride's not the fastest, although he's, he, he's decent fast. He can, he, can, can do, he can do loop and he can do traditional. Yeah. Now, but like Dean Rock does the loop an awful lot. He's always lurking around and coming around. Like you could make an inter-county career off your accuracy if you get this, you know, if you nail this down. Yeah, and but the, the inside, the, the role of the inside forward now has changed, you know, because as Aaron says, you know, the day of a ball coming in, you're taking on your man, getting half a yard and nailing it. Yeah. It's getting harder because there's so many bodies there. But, but that's, like, that's Jamie Brennan's game. Now, I think there's a great balance. If you can get a Jamie Brennan, a McBrearty and a, and a Michael Murphy, I think you've got the full forward line. That you want, yeah, but but I, I suppose the, the the big thing for from is knowing the players around you, knowing that Paddy McBurdy's coming and that's his strength, and that you know maybe shipping the tackle, McBurdy's flying by, and you just give it out to him. A lot of the time, those balls don't, and that's for me is is the difference between the top players, um, the top teams. They know what their strengths are. Like Dublin will find Dean Rock rather than maybe. Dean Rock always been in the right place. He knows where it's coming. They know he's coming, yeah. and they give him the ball. Do you know? And and that's that's the big thing. And that's a really difficult thing to do because then, like you be in teams and there's lads trying stuff. And you're like Jesus, you know, if you were there on your own, that wasn't going to come off. Yeah. So I do think the right were, thing. You probably earned the respect of always getting it by being as accurate as Absolutely. you are. Absolutely. Like I mean, if I if, yeah. if a lad's looping around me and he's not going, no, and he's I, not that accurate. I'm not giving it. Uh, yeah. No. That, and that's yeah. very fair. It's, it's a bit like you know the, the full four is giving out. You're not kicking it in, and you're saying, listen, I'm kicking. <laughs> is coming out it's like kicking against the wall yeah, yeah. so you're going to stop after a while but so there is a two way thing but again you know play to your strengths here and as I said those two boys are really really good at that and and again both teams make hay from it you know so yeah. it's, it's working No that's it I'm thinking of the poor sob in training where you actually have a note to yourself I'm not giving it in there now yeah, anymore that's, exactly. that's coming straight back and in. the other thing as well is you know from like in that situation they're so accurate I remember a few years ago listening to Morris Fitzgerald and, and all as he said is I need I only need enough space to swing my leg. I'm that confident kicking the ability. And it's something similar. Like, you can have loads of bodies there, but once they open up and swing that leg and they're, they're accurate enough, you know, they're very hard to defend against it. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, Aidan O'Shea, 2-2, Aaron. And now, of course, the, the problem with Aidan O'Shea is that he's never going to score 2-2 in every game. That's not his game. And I keep having to say that he's a full forward target man. Now, Sligo, let's be honest, and don't want to be too disrespectful, they were dreadful and they're a Division 4 team and they're not... So Aidan O'Shea should not be judged off the 2-2 because he won't do it again this year. Maybe against Leitrim, who are lesser opposition, but he won't do it against the top teams. 
But I remember years ago, he got, I think he got 3-3 against Sligo. And then ever since, he's been judged as a full forward who scores. You know, he's not. But we talked last Thursday and we were right that he was going to have to sacrifice his game and go into full forward because, with Killian O'Connor out. Yeah, like he he's he's not a scoring uh, well, it's, I'm not he's not a scoring threat, but he he's not one for taking on uh, too many shots. He likes to take others into the game, you know. So if that's what he's in there, obviously he's a massive presence in full forward, and he is selfless in that he wants to win the ball and he wants your the likes of your uh, McBrady or these boys, you know, coming on the loop off him. Um, so he's a different dynamic. Uh, and it is something that Mayo probably will need to work on and develop um, over the next few weeks because he, he's totally different than what Killian O'Connor was. Um, but if I was Tommy Conroy, I'd be wouldn't be more than 15 metres away from him at all times because he's just such a physical presence. Um, he is going to win the ball. That's where he Conroy, and he is explosive and he is exciting, um, needs to be just coming off him. So in terms of, yeah, it was a good score and return from him, but it was his ball winning ability, the fact that he was still working as hard, tackling as hard, getting the same amount of turnovers. Um, he, he obviously will be a miss in his presence out around the middle of the field, but it didn't. His energy levels didn't dip um, from the inside the other day. And like I say, he did. To be fair to him, he put away any opportunities that that he got. But if he can still be the the presence in terms of ball winning and throwing uh, throwing himself about uh, and chipping in with, if it is a, a goal or, or a couple of points a game, um, it'll help soften the blow from killing O'Connor. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing: I don't think Tommy Conroy is the lad to stay close to him because Tommy Conroy loves to buzz around and and you know get out in front, win his own ball. They need someone. Else to stay close, probably stay close to him. Who's the big lad G had in in full forward back then? O'Connor, wasn't Tom, it? Tomas O'Connor, yeah. Tomas O'Connor. Yeah, I remember yeah. you and him playing on a two-man full forward line, and because you weren't the man to stay close to him, because you'd be so desperate to go out and get ball, you were breaking like <laughs> like mad, and then it would go long to O'Connor, and then there was nobody near him. Do you know? What I, mean? I, I don't know if I you remember. Get, that. I do, I do, and I still get reminded. <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was sort of mad for action. Yeah, and you could, running everywhere. You would never have the patience <laughs> no, to do that. No. No, but Tomas was very was very good. He had a great pair of hands, and, yeah. and uh, sometimes you'd you'd feel at times we maybe didn't utilize him as much as maybe we should have. But um, certainly, you know, from like again, it's about playing to your strengths. You know, you have someone like we, we're never going to we're never going to judge Aidan O'Shea the same way as we do judge a Dean Rock in around the square. It's just yeah. totally different. But again, he's a, like he's a he's a man mountain, and even though he looked very slim and trim yesterday, um, you know, he's obviously do, done a lot of work. He's still he's such a big man. And he's so strong, and you know when he wins that ball in there, he causes he causes um, huge uh, you know worry in any full back line. And you know yesterday yesterday he got the he got the room maybe to, to finish uh, and t- and took his, his his scores well. But as you as you rightly point out, he's not always going to get that. But again, you know it's it's. Uh, Mayo will will see him as a role, and there might be times where we'll see him a little bit further out the field, and you know he's he's able to play that that role too. But he certainly it's an exciting one for for Mayo, particularly as as you rightly point out with with O'Connor gone. Yeah, I think he's going to be in there. Um, Sean O'Shea, obviously we've mentioned him, lads. Niall Murphy was the only Sligo player who looked like he was a Division One, you know, level player that could compete with uh, with Mayo. He got five from play. Um, Barry O'Hagan, Aaron, like I mean, Jesus, I hadn't seen him playing that well. Um, I don't think I've seen him playing that well before. He got eight, three frees, one mark. His mark was sensational because he had to win it himself. I think his brother gave it to him off a kick out and it was a brilliant angle. Then he got four from play off the left and the right. Like it was a, an outstanding performance. And like, I mean, Donegal will probably be looking at Bon Gallagher going, Jesus, you know, 
he he could potentially be taking the cleaners. I don't want to be too hard on him, but like he's not really a marking defender. But at the same time, O'Hagan maybe was unmarkable on the form he was in. Yeah, well, to be fair, um, he's he's from Helltown, so um, I, I have a fair idea. I would have seen plenty of them. He'd be playing preseason tournaments and not there against them. So um, I would have always felt he definitely had the the quality to be playing at, at county level. Uh, for one reason or another, he just never seemed to really um, be. I suppose getting the opportunity or given a, a consistent opportunity, but he has this this past few years um, under Paddy Talley. He actually had a good season as well for them last year. Um, but yeah, like the one thing about him is uh, he knows where the goalposts are and he has the confidence and the ability to, to back himself. Um, and, you know, in a team that was, you know, under so much pressure um, for him to still be able to, to pull out the performance that he did um, and execute the way he did was absolutely top class and uh, full credit to him. Um, it just it was disappointing from for his perspective that that's the end of his summer um, at that level. Yeah, he doesn't deserve it in the form. Imagine being in that kind of form and then, they're, <laughs> you know, you're done. It's a, it's a sickener, like, there's it no is. doubt about that. Gavin White as well, as we've two left. Uh, Gavin White, I thought he was excellent uh, the other day. And, like, I mean... This is the thing. Kerry's problem often is Dublin have a kicking game and a running game and they're very good at the stalemate and they won't give you the ball and they'll get through the stalemate eventually. It'll be boring to watch. Kerry hate the stalemate. And Gavin White going back wing back is a huge weapon against the stalemate situation in that if he can wait like Caelan Mooney and these, you know, with that devastating pace, hold your run, Jack McCaffrey, hold your run. Don't get involved at all. Wait until it develops. It'll eventually come back across the field. And now I want to see you striking across. You know what I mean? And he has to punch a hole. And when he punches a hole, someone else come alive. Now you have a point. Do you know what I mean? Like he's a huge pace. You cannot beat it. No, you can't. And, And like... He showed it loads of times at the weekend. I think he, he, he chipped in with two scores as well. I think I think the first two scores um, for for Kerry, which is no, which, he scored two points late in the game. Yeah, that uh, was a, Sean O'Shea got the two first ones. No, sorry, yeah, but his his first. Oh, two, his I, first two. I, I, yeah. I don't think he'd scores. Read someone maybe he was his first two scores for Kerry coming up. But anyway, what I what I liked about him was you know he was patient. Um, and and you're that's that's exactly like how are we looking to break down these blanket defences and and it's having that patience and it doesn't mean that he has to get the ball but if he's coming hard it's, he's gonna as you say punch holes he's gonna you know someone has to go with him all of a sudden then there's a little bit of space for someone else um you know and and with his pace but on and off the ball uh, he's going to cause defences trouble and yesterday I suppose or um when when he was. He was, or sorry, Saturday when when they needed him, you know, that kicking game wasn't on, he came to the fore. And that, to me, tells Kerry are in a good place. They were able to, you know, like we all know about Dublin being able to do whatever's thrown at them. I felt that we saw signs of that at the weekend for Kerry. No matter what, Clare could, you know, if they nullified them one way, they'd have found another way. And that's a really good sign. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Niall McNamee is the last one, lads. 1-3. Um, and he set up Cunningham's goal and he set up some other scores and last Thursday again we got a few things right a few things wrong last uh, last Thursday Niall McNamee has to start himself and Farrell inside in the full forward line like I mean they're proper divi- Niall McNamee's a Division 1 player Farrell could potentially be he's definitely a top level Division 2 player like I mean that's your starting point and listen the Niall McNamee I think it was uh, he's the only survivor 
from the last time Loud had played um, awfully 16 years ago. I think he could be 18 years 18, playing. It's, think, it's, yeah. it's, out, it's absolutely outrageous. To play the full, I think he came off a few minutes before the end. Like, I mean, he's in great shape. And if you've got a man that age in great shape, Johnny Doyle's proved he can play until he's bloody, <laughs> you know, nearly in a wheelchair. At the, no, but you played till you're 38, John, in your good form. Was it 38? 36, played? I 36. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, if you're fit enough, I'd I'd scratch the age out of it altogether, Aaron. The age would make no difference to me if you're fit and playing well enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think t- too many people are starting to go down the, the road of Jim Gavin, you know, where if if you have a, a good older player and a good younger player, he's going with the younger player. Yeah. Um, not everyone has the same luxury and the same uh, people at their disposal. But for, for me, obviously, we've known this, whatever it is, 16, 17 years now, the quality of him. But what I, I would have felt ye- uh, yeah, yesterday's game was key. It's just his presence. You know, the confidence that he gives those around him um, is, is absolutely massive having him on, on the field. And, I, I think he just he, he gives them a, he's a reassuring presence um, you know to have all those young players around them maybe the disappointment that they would have had from the week before he has the, the knowledge and the know-how to be able to park that there set that game aside and still go out and deliver a performance so that was a, a, was a masterstroke well it's not a masterstroke starting Neil McNamee but it, it was a very positive change from John Mahon from the week before and um, I know uh, from Anton Sullivan been on the show a couple of weeks ago he was saying you know how obviously Neil was going well in training and was very disappointed that he, he wasn't getting the start um, but for someone who's been there so long he obviously he's still a great presence around the team reacts really well regardless of, of where he is and, and Mohan's plans but um, yeah it was brilliant to see him still being able to produce the goods yesterday and uh, I'm sure he'll be very much looking forward to getting another another out in this weekend against Kildare. Yeah, here here's the thing about this, you know, and there, of course there's a logic to you have to give the young lads the chance and all that. And I was well, slagging Alan Brogan off here a few weeks ago about Kieran Kilkenny retiring him. Now, would it be right to hold Kieran Kilkenny back, going to be an all-time great, or Alan? Kieran Kilkenny's more important to Dublin than Alan. Now, I would have found space for the two of them or whatever but anyways it was just a bit of slagging but that's okay if there's an like if you're playing midfield Johnny and you've an up and coming minor midfielder who wants a chance you know you'd probably be an impact sub then but you're not you, why would you not start over a lad you're still better than do you know what I mean like it has to, I don't get this if you're too old and you give you a chance give you a chance if it's better than the older person yeah yeah. I, I think there's, there's a couple of things like one, of course, you have to you have to blood a young lad and give him. But he has to earn. He has to earn it as well. Yeah. And and it depends on 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 the the, the individuals. Like so, you know, if you have a positive influence, Niall, like Niall McNamee, you know, and obviously what what happens on the field, he's 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 producing the goods. But you've also got to remember that a lot of these young lads, like he's playing eighteen years. These were he was heroes to these young lads. And if he's still that positive influence, you know. The, they often say don't meet your hero but when you have a really good hero to them boys and he's he's you know he's guiding them he's he's making them welcome you know maybe you know having a word is everything alright maybe a young lad sort of finding his way and he's an arm around him that's massive you can't put you know a value on that in a dressing yeah. room would he be your your hero if he was keeping you off the team well, would, the, the, hero, listen, <laughs> would the, the hero start uh, uh, of course it would <laughs> but you're being kept off a team for a reason 
because you're not better than the lad on it. Yeah. And, and well, that's the way it should that's be. That's the way it should be, absolutely. And so pe- people and players now, listen, it's not all better, but you do hear these little rumblings, oh, I'm not getting my chance. You're not getting your chance because you're not telling the manager you deserve a chance. That's how black and white it is to me. You've got to put up your hand. And if you're not better than the, than the guy that's there, but it works vice versa. If you have a guy there and, you know, he has the experience, and but you know, listen, in the, he's, he's letting me down the same thing. Then you have to say, hold on, I'm not sure what this young lad's going to do, but I'm going to throw him in because I know when when the pressure comes on, this lad's letting me down. So it works both ways, yeah. for, for me anyway. And, and you do have to, at the end of the day, your job as a player, and you might get hard luck, but at the for me it's about saying, here, pick me, because I'm producing the goods. And that is the way it has to be. Yeah, age shouldn't come into no. it as far as I'd be concerned. And look, I can't believe he lasted the whole game like that, scored one three. Look, we've talked ourselves into performance <laughs> of the weekend um, is Niall McNamee. Right, let's, lads, we'll leave it there. We'll be back on Thursday and we preview there's a whole load more games this weekend in Leinster in all the provinces actually Armagh are out Aaron um, and so is Galway Roscommon so we'll be back and we preview all of them so we'll talk to you then good luck but this little dink ball the only one in the crowd are there where it's a fist pass the weight is taken over hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest why do you not do many interviews? oh really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole ball. really? yeah have you ever rang me? And they're roaring to me, I cover you, free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.